Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. You're in for more as they're going to be singing more in a little while later. I want to say welcome uh, to those of you who are with us on our phone live streaming or any of our platforms that we're on, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook there. Be sure to heart, to like, to share, comment there. All that just helps to get the word out even more uh, about our services. So uh, be sure to share. That way people can also get to hear uh, some of what they're uh, singing too. I uh, want to say welcome to everybody who's here in person too. So be sure you get one of the worship bulletins as you came in. Uh, they are there are some in the windowsills around too. If you're there at home, you can go to HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Uh, it's under the info tab that you can go to there uh, and just click that. It's back to where it used to be. Uh, where you can easily find those. Uh, you can download your worship bulletins there, your children's worship bulletins. If you need one of those, uh, those are in the windowsill uh, over here uh, to my right. And so uh, be sure to pick up one of those, as well as under that info tab, uh, you can download the, the uh, prayer list uh, for this week. So be sure to uh, take the time uh, to do that. I'm going to go ahead and share a couple of other things uh, with our announcements that I uh, usually share also at this time. So just want to encourage you, your offering envelopes are in the windowsills uh, all the way down as well as at the back, so be sure to pick up one of those. Uh, if they're not in the windowsills, somebody's already picked those up, uh, so be sure to grab some there. Uh, you can give your offering in your offering envelope. You can go to the church website there, go to the far right-hand side, click that Give Online tab. You can do your regular offering. You can do the golden offering for Tennessee Missions, so be sure to do that uh, also. And then you'll notice uh, we have these that are still around, our prayer guides, so be sure to grab those and be praying for our golden offering for Tennessee missions and you're giving uh, towards that also. You'll notice in the bulletin our missionary of the week is Brianna McKinney uh, who is from Colorado so be in prayer for her and then like we said don't forget those prayer needs here across the state of Tennessee. Uh, I think I think there's one other thing I needed to mention and I can't remember what it was it's already slipped my head I'll, I'll think of it if I need to share it I'll share it at the very end uh, of the service but uh, we're going to uh, I know what it was. We're not going to be doing our, our regular benevolence offering uh, today at the very end of the service. We will be doing a love offering uh, for Mercy's Well. And so you be in prayer about giving towards their ministry. They do have a table that's set up uh, in the back. So I want to encourage you after the service uh, to go back there and to visit their table and to uh, purchase some of their merchandise. That just helps them out. Uh, cost of things are a lot more uh, than it used to be. And so I encourage you to give uh, generously this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, and then we're going to begin here with our Lord's Supper with our deacons coming forward. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the many blessings that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, for just the wonderful privilege we have to be in your house here this morning. Lord, we want to give you the glory. We want to give you the honor in all that we say, in all that we do. Uh, Father, we know that we are sinful creatures. We come before you, Lord, knowing that uh, we have not always been as faithful as we should, and so, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all of our sins. We, Lord, want to ask for you to uh, cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore in the depths of the sea. And, Father, we just pray that you will set us on the path of righteousness as we repent of our sin, as we turn away from it and turn to follow you. Lord, I pray that you'll renew us and revive us in our hearts and in our lives uh, to a more faithful walk with you than ever before. Lord, sometimes there are things we have done against you. Uh, there are other things, Lord, that maybe we've not done that we should have done. And all of those things are sin, so we confess those before you this morning. We want everything to be open in our talk with you and our prayers with you. And so, Father, we just want to pray and ask 
ask on behalf of all those that are on our prayer list, many others, Lord, who uh, are, are, are not here with us for various reasons, who may be watching online. We pray, God, that you'll be with them, Lord, that your hand will be upon them. Uh, help those who need the healing, Lord. May your physical touch be upon them. And we pray especially for our missionaries who are serving across Tennessee. Uh, we ask, Lord, a special blessing upon them. We ask you to lead us and guide us uh, in our giving towards the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions, as well as praying on behalf of our, our missionaries around the nation and around the world. We ask, ask you to place a hedge of protection about each and every one of them. Keep them safe in your arms, and may you be glorified and honored in their lives. And Lord, we just pray that you'll bless us this morning uh, in worship and song as well as in the partaking of the Lord's Supper, as well as in the message that we'll hear a little while later. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me ask our deacons that are here, if you will, go ahead and make your way come. If you did not receive uh, one of the uh, little cups, would you just raise your hand as they're coming? They'll be glad to give you uh, one of those. In Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 22, as Jesus is sitting with his disciples in the upper room, it tells us here that when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then we know in the scriptures there, he took the the bread and he took the cup and he blessed those as they partook of them. We also read over in uh, the gospel in, in the New Testament where Paul uh, wrote in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, he shares with us there that we ought to examine our hearts before we partake of the Lord's Supper to make sure we take of it in a worthy manner. And so we want to go to the Lord in prayer in, in beginning uh, of the partaking of our Lord's Supper to examine our hearts. So let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, during this time. Brother Tommy, would you lead us?
And as you've received your cup, if you will, peel the little uh, lining off the top and it'll expose the bread. And if you will, take the bread in your hand. It tells us as Jesus uh, took the bread, he blessed it and gave thanks and he broke it and gave to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Brother Johnny, would you pray for the partaking of the bread? As Jesus said, take, eat this bread in remembrance of me. Luke also tells us that he took the cup and gave thanks for it too. If you'll peel that top liner off, you'll be able to expose the cup there. And Brother Steve, if you will, bless the partaking of the cup. Jesus also said, take this and divide it among yourselves. He said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This do in remembrance of him. The gospels also tell us that as they left the upper room, uh, they sang a song as they went to the garden of Gethsemane. So we're going to ask you, if you will, to stand with us and sing, blessed be the tithe. Mike's going to lead us in a hymn uh, for our congregation, and then Mercy's Well will be back up to sing. Don't go back. It's fast. It's fast.
Yeah. Oh.
Thank you, guys. What a blessing. Take your Bibles, if you will, Luke 23, and one simple verse that we're going to look at this morning. Luke 23 and verse 34. You know, the last words a person speaks are often of great importance or great significance. You know, if a person's dying uh, and the family's gathered around, you'll hear a pin drop because uh, they don't want to miss any of those final parting words. And that has never been truer than it was in the case of Jesus. In this passage, Jesus knew this was the end. And he couldn't think of anything more important to do, more important to say in the last few moments of his life on this earth than to pray for and offer forgiveness to others. Jesus wanted them and us to live whatever days we have left with a fresh start, a new beginning, a clean slate. And to find out what that means, Luke 23 here tells us uh, as we look at these last words of Jesus, we find not only our greatest problem, but we find also our greatest need. Let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. Verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless your word this morning. May it go forth and may it touch people's hearts. And Lord, may it bring someone to salvation. May it bring believers to a closer walk with you, Father, that we would know that our sins have been forgiven at the cross. And may your blessings be upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Think about what's happening here. While the world is doing their worst to Jesus... Jesus was doing his best for the world. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're not right with somebody because uh, they, someone has, has wronged you. You haven't forgiven someone who has failed you. Maybe you're bitter towards somebody who has blasted you. Maybe you've even, you're even hurt uh, and you're taking that hurt out on someone else and they didn't even do anything wrong. In this simple statement, Jesus tells us how we can make sure here that we have a fresh start in our lives. There, there are three things I want to bring out of this passage this morning. Three things we have to do in our relationship with others and with God. And because understand this, if you're out of fellowship with others, then make no mistake, you're out of fellowship with Him. So here's the first thing He tells us. Be focused on God. Notice where He begins this prayer. Father. The simple way that he begins the, began the prayer that he, he taught his disciples uh, to pray. Father, our Father who art in heaven. He says here, Father. You know, the greatest injustice that had ever been done in history was so unjust that no other injustice could ever compare to this one. Here is the perfect, holy Son of God who's being crucified on a cross for the crimes and sins of others. You'd expect his eyes to, to be laser-focused uh, on the ones who were spitting at him, the ones who had beat him, the ones who had mocked him, the ones who had nailed him to the cross as he died in agony. Now they're gambling for his clothes. But notice where Jesus' focus is. 
God, the Father. Every time somebody hurts you, every time somebody pulls the rug out from under you, every time somebody takes a shot at you, every time somebody crushes your heart, you know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to focus on them, not the Father, not on God. In fact, what we see is he wants you to focus on them and what they've done to you and how they've hurt you. And when really every hurt and every heartache is a sign that God wants you to turn and focus on him. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross who's gone through all of this agony and all of this pain and there's no sympathy for him. But he has sympathy for them. You know, this is the only time that Jesus ever asked his father to forgive sinners. On every other occasion, Jesus himself would forgive people. So, so why did he do this? Here was Jesus Christ who was God. Uh, he, he's, he's on the cross, but he's not dying as God because God cannot die. He is dying in the flesh. He is dying as one of us. He's dying, leaving an example for us to follow. He's dying in our place. He still wanted the only one who could forgive to forgive those who were hurting him. And notice Jesus here, he's committed or entrusted himself to God the Father. And know this, that if you can, if you can trust God with your heart, you can trust God with your hurt. You're here this morning and you've already trusted by faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Whatever hurt you may be going through, Jesus went through a greater hurt on the cross and yet he trusted the Father. Listen carefully. Hurts and heartaches should never become walls that separate you from God. They ought to be bridges that are bringing you closer to God. Because when others turn their back on you, you need to be turning your eyes towards God the Father. Think about this. While they were crucifying Jesus, while they were crucifying him, not after, but while, Jesus said, Father, let your focus be on the Father. Here's the second point I want you to get from these verses this morning, that we need to be full of forgiveness, not just focused on the Father, but also full of forgiveness. Notice he says, Father, forgive. So be honest. Think about this. If somebody had just pressed a crown of thorns uh, into your head, they had stripped you naked, brutally punched you, beaten you senseless, drove nails into your hands, uh, lifted you up on a, on a cross, put nails in your feet, they had spit on you, they had mocked you, they had made fun of you, they had gambled for your clothes, not because of what you had done, but because of what they had done, would you honestly be praying a prayer like this no think about this somebody cuts you off you're driving down the road somebody pulls in front of you they cut you off do you say father forgive them they know not what they're doing <laughs> you don't say that you say I'm not forgiving you you know exactly what you did you cut me off and then you lay down on that horn to let them know it don't you Remember, here is Jesus who could have called 10,000 angels who were battle ready. They were on DEFCON 1 ready. 
They were ready to come and to rescue him. He could have said at that moment, sick him, Gabriel. But instead, he says, Father, forgive. By the way, the verb forgive there is in the present tense in the Greek language, which means it's something that happens continuously, not just a one-time forgiving. He didn't say just this one time forgive them. He's saying, Lord, Father, forgive them for time and eternity. As those soldiers had spat on him, as they had beat him and mocked him, Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. When they had nailed his hands and his feet to that cross, he's saying, Father, forgive them. When they had taken that cross and they lifted it up and they dropped it in that hole, he says, Father, forgive them. As people were walking by, walking by his bleeding body, his naked body in total humiliation, making fun of him, mocking him, cursing him. Jesus is looking down from the cross at them and he's saying, Father, forgive them. Jesus was absolutely full of forgiveness. If anybody ever had any right, any reason not to forgive, it was Jesus. He was the ultimate innocent victim. He had done nothing wrong. It wasn't just that he was innocent of a particular accusation. He was innocent of all the accusations they had made. He never said a wrong word. He never thought a wrong thought. He never did a wrong deed. He was 100% perfect. He had kept the law 100%. And here's the one who needed no forgiveness, and yet he forgave those who had no right to be forgiven. Sometimes we take our anger and our bitterness out on somebody who didn't even do anything to deserve it. One of the greatest truths about us and God and our sin and his love is this. God meets our guilt with his grace. Jesus tells us if you want to live whatever days that you have left on this earth with a fresh start, with a new beginning, with a clean slate, then you need to be focused on God and you need to be full of forgiveness. Here's the third and final thing. Be free of bitterness. Notice what he says throughout this verse. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Now, now, don't get too comfortable because who is the them that he's forgiving? It wasn't just the Roman soldiers who had nailed him to the cross. Remember, it was our sin who had nailed him to the cross. It wasn't just those disciples who had turned their back on him and ran and fled from him. Because remember, every time we disobey, we turn our backs on him. It wasn't just Pontius Pilate, you remember him? Uh, who, who, when he could have said a word in Jesus' defense, he washes his hands of Jesus and said, I have nothing to do with him. How many times have we had the opportunity as believers to stand up, to speak up for Jesus? And we do the same thing. We wash our hands and we have nothing to do with him. When he said, Father, forgive them, you need to put a little word in there called me. It's me that needed that prayer of forgiveness. It's you that needed that prayer 
of forgiveness. So think about this. Think, is there somebody in your life uh, right now that, that you would rather die than to forgive that person? You're thinking of someone right now who's totally unworthy, totally undeserving of your forgiveness. They're not even sorry for what they've done to you. Remember this, we can forgive those who don't deserve it. Remember that Jesus forgave us when we didn't deserve it. Those three words are some of the most powerful words that anybody could ever say in their life. I forgive you. But so often we want to say, but you just don't know how much he hurt me or she hurt me. You just don't realize how badly they've destroyed my life. You know what? You're right. Those people that hurt you, they don't know how badly they've hurt you because you're the one that got hurt. Guess what? Jesus said the same thing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Ignorance isn't innocence. Ignorance isn't an excuse uh, with a policeman. It's not an excuse with God either. What did Jesus mean when he said that? They knew what they were doing. They knew they were crucifying a Jew. But they didn't know really who it was they were crucifying. Because think about it. The Romans, they just thought they're doing their job. Pilate, he just thinks, I'm keeping the peace. The Jews, they think, oh, we're doing God a favor. They really either didn't know or they didn't believe that they were crucifying the Son of God. So I want you to know... I get it, and God gets it. When people hurt you, the only two in this universe that knows just how badly that you've been hurt are you and God. But Jesus still said then, and he says now, Father, forgive them. What Jesus did for people who hurt him Jesus wants us to do for people who hurt us. You see, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, not only so that we might be forgiven, but so that we might be forgiving. So if you're going to live like Jesus, you're going to have to forgive like Jesus. And that means that you've got to be free of bitterness because if the perfect Savior didn't hold a grudge, how much less should we as imperfect sinners hold grudges? Those three words, Father, forgive them, means two things for us. It means that we can live the rest of our lives before we die with a clean slate, a fresh start toward God. And it means that you can die with a clean slate towards others. So a, 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 a truly forgiven follower of Jesus is somebody who is going to be a totally forgiving follower of Jesus. But please understand this. You can't give what you do not have. If you've never received the forgiveness of your sins through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, how can you share that with others? If you've not received that free gift of salvation and the forgiveness that Jesus offers to you freely from the cross, then that's the first step for you is to cry out to him for forgiveness of your sins. But if you truly receive his free gift of salvation, then here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to take that verse. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And where it says them, put the word me in there in big bold letters. 
Maybe even just put your name in there. So that now it says, Father, forgive Jim. For he knows not what he's doing. And underneath all of that, the next time I w you think about this passage, you think of, I want you to think about everybody that you know who has hurt you and who you really haven't forgiven. Then write out beside, write those names down. Write out beside those names, write this one word, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. If God gives you the opportunity, you tell them, I forgive you. Even if they don't give you that opportunity, I want to encourage you to take that and to pray over those names. But then at some point, I want you to just take that and rip it up and throw it away and turn them over to God and fill yourself with the love of God and the forgiveness of God and empty yourself of bitterness. Think about this in closing. Think about Jesus who's hanging there on that cross between two thieves and he looks down to the Romans and says, Father, forgive them. And he looks down to the religious leaders who are mocking and ridiculing him. And he says, Father, forgive them. And he looks at his disciples and his family and he's saying to them, Father, forgive them. And he looks at these two thieves who are on either side of him and he says, Father, forgive them. And he looks through time and eternity. And he sees you sitting here this morning. And he says to you, Father, forgive them. Jesus says to you today, I forgive you and I love you. What a powerful word. One thing Jesus says from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about this passage, maybe there are those who are here this morning who've never by faith trusted in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that they would simply call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need to be saved. I believe in what Jesus did for me on the cross, that he was buried in the tomb and arose from the grave on the third day. Jesus, I repent of my sin, I turn away from it, and I turn to follow you. Come into my life and save me and change me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, if there's someone who's prayed something like that here this morning or maybe even online, Lord, I pray that they would come forward to publicly profess that faith in Christ. If they're online, to just make a comment there in the comments so we can follow up with them. Father, there are many of us who are here as believers and, and for whatever reasons, maybe we've been hurt and we're just taking that hurt out on others. Father, uh, maybe things will happen to us in the days ahead. I pray that this verse will come to remembrance for us. Father, I pray that we would come to the place that we would be more like Jesus than we've ever been before. To say to those around us, I forgive you. I love you. Just as Jesus did from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Heavenly Father, forgive us this morning as believers and help us to be set on the path of righteousness to live a more faithful life than we've ever lived before, to show that forgiveness and that love to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
as we stand and sing our hymn of invitation number 311. As the Lord lays on your heart, will you come? seated and I'm going to ask Bradley if he'll come and share he's going to give our announcements uh, and after he gives our announcements he's going to hold up for our closing prayer uh, the guys are going to come back Mercy's Well is and sing one last song for us before they leave and then he'll close us in prayer as they go back to their table <laughs> 